supposed to release tonight is um, the Lord has been wooing you into a greater level of intimacy and a greater level of dependency on him. And you are not, you are never alone. You are never, uh, ever, ever. It's an impossibility for you to be alone. There is no such thing as you being alone. And there are things that the father wants to speak to you. And uh, he needs your time and attention uh, in order to, to, to speak to you some things that are, uh, he has answers, you know. Chris was like, people got questions. Well, how many of you know? He's like, he has answers, <laughs> right? Um, there's a great scripture in James. And I've been reading it. Um, I've, it's actually kind of goes into the scripture that uh, the Lord kind of gave me for this year. But I, I want to, I'm going to read James chapter 1. Some from James chapter 1 in the voice translation. Okay. Now I'm going to start with um, the scripture that he gave me for the year, but I, I, tonight I felt like he was taking it down a little further. Here's what it says. Don't run from tests and hardships, brothers and sisters. As difficult as they are, you will ultimately find joy in them if you embrace them. Your faith will blossom under pressure and teach you true patience as you endure. True patience brought on by endurance will equip you to complete the long journey and cross the finish line. Mature, complete, and wanting nothing. And this is the scripture God said, if you don't have all the wisdom needed for this journey, then all you have to do is ask God for it. And God will grant all that you need. It says he gives lavishly and never scolds you for asking. Now, but then he says here, there's a key. In the, in the voice translation, it says, the key is that your request be anchored by your single-minded commitment to God. And then he says, those who depend only on their own judgment are like those that are lost on the seas carried away by any wave, picked up by any wind. Those adrift on their own wisdom shouldn't assume the Lord will rescue them or bring them anything. The splinter of divided loyalty shatters your compass and leaves you dizzy and confused. Now, I'm just going to stand here for a moment because this is talking about a new perspective of things. All right. Um, this idea that you're going to have some kind of peace or that you're going to have some kind of joy uh, when things in your life change. And I'm not saying that things aren't going to change, right? What I'm saying is if you have to wait for peace and you have to wait for joy until those things change, it's not peace. And it's not joy. Because peace is a person. His name is Jesus. And joy is found in his presence. 
I'm going to say it again. Peace is a person. And joy is found in his presence. It is not an external condition that can be stolen from you. It was never meant to be some circumstantial peace or some circumstantial joy. Okay, Not that we don't rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. I'm not saying that, but, but circumstances were never designed to be your source of peace and circumstances were never designed to be your source of joy. God is your source of peace and God is your source of joy. And until we learn to receive from him peace and joy, then we never really will have peace and joy because circumstances are like the winds. (laughs) They change on a day-to-day basis. Our moods, our emotions, our bank accounts, whatever. I mean, in this world, we have tribulation. You know, in this world, we have tests and hardships. You know, there's another translation of that scripture that says, count it all joy when you encounter these things. I mean, James is saying, when you have tests and trials, to count it joy, right? And you can't do that if your source is an external source. Am I making sense? Yeah. So that's the first thing. And then the second piece in this that, I think is really important. Uh, There's kind of a little side note here, and I'm just going to read this in the voice translation. It says, wisdom, as James understands it, is the ability to live life well and make good decisions. Wisdom doesn't come from old age or hard knocks. Wisdom begins with knowing and depending absolutely on God who is never stingy when it comes to wisdom for those who seek it. He supplies all the wisdom we need when we ask. So don't try to go it alone, right? So um, this is also in this little note here, it's talking about wisdom, that God is our source of wisdom, okay? Well, God actually wants to be your source for everything. He doesn't just want to be your source for peace and your source for joy. He also wants to be your source for wisdom. It says Jesus Christ has been made unto us wisdom right? God wants to be your source. You know, in Emerge, which is my online and campus program that I do, we go through the process of answering what I call the five big cues or the five big questions of life. And I wrote down on one of our groups here, uh, we have closed groups for our different students, and I wrote down on one of our groups Um, I was asking, this was from our graduates last year, I was asking them to go back and write their five big cues. And I wrote my five big cues, the answers to mine. And I want you to, uh, as I'm sitting here reading this, I uh, talking about this tonight, I realized I want to tell you my answer to who is God. Because this goes right in line with what I'm talking about tonight, about God being your source. Okay? Um. When I answered the first big cue for me personally, this is what I wrote. God is my inexhaustible source who supplies anything and everything I need to experience the fullness of him. 
and the full expression of who I am in him. Okay, let me say it again. God is, and I'll say this for everybody, your inexhaustible source who supplies anything and everything you need to experience the fullness of who he is and the fullness, or I'm sorry, and the full expression of who you are in him. And I know this was inspired when I wrote it, but the point is, the truth is you lack nothing. You have an inexhaustible source who supplies anything and everything you need to experience the fullness of who he is. So what is the fullness of who God is? The fullness of who God is. I mean, think about this. The fullness of who God is. That's what belongs to you. He's the source of everything you need to experience the fullness of who he is. I mean, just stop here for a moment and think about the fullness of God, the fullness of Christ, the fullness of what what belongs to you because God belongs to you. God himself belongs to you. You are the bride of Christ. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. You are a joint heir with Jesus. God himself is, belongs to you. There's a scripture in Romans that says, if he freely gave you his son, how will he not so much more freely give you all things? So this idea that you lack something is a deception. It's a deception. What's it, what does it mean to be de- deceived? It means that you're believing a lie. You're believing a lie that you lack something. When you've been given God himself. All right, now listen. You can't use your physical eyes and look around and see take an inventory of all that you have, all that is yours, right? You can't use your physical eyes to tell you the truth, okay? You can't depend. This is what James is talking about here, about your own wisdom. You can't rely on your physical senses to tell you the truth. You cannot rely on your emotions and how you feel to tell you the truth, You cannot rely on your own opinion and your own perceptions and your own judgments about what is going on, right? Because the truth is it doesn't tell you the truth. The truth can only be found in the word of God. And the truth can only be found as you rely on your spiritual senses to see the unseen and see things from God's perspective, But how often are we really getting God's perspective? You know, every encounter with God, every miracle, everything that that we encounter with God always is a shift of our perception. You know, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And so the perception shift comes when we get his thoughts and we see things from his perspective. You know, when it says that you are seated in heavenly places in Christ... 
You know, being seated in heavenly places in Christ is a completely different perspective than you walking around in 2018 in the seen realm, like totally disconnected from heaven, totally disconnected from God, just a victim of circumstances, just trapped in a physical body with no connection to what is actually real. Walking through time like time controls you rather than living, ups, living from a perspective that sees it all done. You know, carnal-mindedness is death. Let me say it again. To be carnally-minded is death. If you want to know why you feel bad or you're, you're not having the right emotional response to whatever is going on in your life, it's because you're being carnal. It means that you're just living like a mere human. You're living like, like you're disconnected from... What word do you use to describe who God is? There's too many words to describe. Like you're disconnected from, insert a word, deliverance. You're disconnected from freedom. You're disconnected from prosperity. You're disconnected from, insert the word that means you're everything that you need. You're not disconnected from it. Now, you may not be in possession of it in the physical realm, but that doesn't mean that you still don't have it. And so I want to break off this deception tonight that you lack something. What you lack is the right thinking. Right? You're you're, you're believing a lie. So what do you do if you're believing a lie? Well, what did Jesus do when he was tempted? You know, you speak the word. You know, when you feel anxious, you say, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. When your bank account is low, you say, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. When you have a pain in your body, you say, by his stripes, I am healed. You're never going to get to a place where you don't have to speak the word. And you are voice activated. The seen realm is voice activated. So as you speak the word, the atmosphere around you shifts. You don't wait for the atmosphere to shift before you speak the word. You speak the word and the atmosphere shifts. Right? Okay. So, let me just, let me, the, the other thing that I felt like the Lord was sharing with me tonight that he wanted to share with you too is, yes, he's wooing you into this greater level of intimacy. He has wisdom for your situation. He has instructions for your situation that lead you into the manifestation of what you already possess. It's the wisdom. It's the wisdom to follow. It's the wisdom to be, you're called to be led by the Spirit. It's, it's the, if you're being led by the Spirit, well, you've got to know what you're following. You have to know what that means. What does that mean? Does that mean move? Does that mean sit? Does that mean sing? Does that mean give? Does that mean rest? Does that mean take a nap? Does that mean, what does that mean? What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? What does that, what is, you know, what does it mean right this minute to be led by the Spirit? 
You know, you coming tonight is probably what it means. It meant come tonight to be led by the Spirit. But being led by the Spirit is a, it's a moment-by-moment experience. You aren't led by the Spirit on Wednesday and then say, okay, today's Sunday. No, it's, it's meant to be a place where you're abiding, a place where you're in communion. And if you are disconnected, that is a problem. If you can't hear God, that is a problem. If you are having, if you're not taking the time to hear God, that is a problem. Why is it a problem? Because you can't hear the one that you're following. (laughs) So you can't be walking in the spirit and you can't be spiritually minded. And so if you aren't walking in the spirit and you aren't spiritually minded, then guess what? You're carnally minded. And if you're carnally minded, well, you know what? Number one, you're probably not very happy. Because to be carnally minded is death. So what is the problem? You are, you, you are, you've got to get in the spirit. You've got to reconnect with the Lord. You need to hear from God. You need to stay connected to the vine. And you need to reject everything that is not in agreement with that. So even the, even the things that when you say, so listen, when you're disconnected, you know, you feel like, because it's only a perception. It's just a perception that you're disconnected. You're not even really disconnected. You just feel disconnected. You're not even really, do you see what I'm saying? Like, you, where are you going to go? He's inside you. Where are you going to go to disconnect from God? I mean, you're looking for him and he's looking for himself, I guess, through you too. Wherever you're going to find him, he already's there because you're there. So it's a deception to even think that you're disconnected. Now, it's you know, if you're not hearing, maybe it's because you've believed the lie that you're disconnected. And maybe you've also believed the lie that you can't hear God. Well, that's a lie. The word says that my sheep hear my voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Ask me for wisdom. He says, God will answer. Call upon me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. I mean, there is scripture after scripture after scripture that promises that God answers when you call. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be answered. Ask and it shall be given to you. Are you saying that out loud? Are you saying I can't hear God? What are you in agreement with? You know, and when you, when's a, did you sit down? Did you try to hear God? Did you open up a journal? Did you get a pen? Did you actually say, God, what do you have to say? And you couldn't hear anything then? If you couldn't hear anything then, then, you know, there's so many, um, these are very, it's very practical, but the, this is, this is actually very basic. This is actually very, very basic. I mean, the majority of believers, what percentage would we even say that they, they, they feel connected to God, they're hearing God on a continual basis, and they're being truly led by the Spirit? Right? I mean, this is what you are growing into. This is what maturity looks like. Maturity looks like being led by the Spirit. Maturity looks like following the leader, 
dependency, not being independent of God, right? And God has so much to say. God has so much to say. I mean, you know, the thing about God's voice is it doesn't take a lot. I mean, you know, your internal world can get so, you know, again, to be carnally minded is death. I mean, death is bad. Can we agree? Internally feeling dead and it's, it's anxiety, it's fear, it's whatever. It's all those negative things that we feel, right? But one word from God, one, one utterance from God shifts it instantaneously in the physical and the spiritual realm. I mean, the atmosphere cannot stay the same when God shows up. His words are life. His words bring peace. His words bring direction. Yeah. You know, I remember I, um, you know, just even just last week, I was just, you just have it, it, it. What am I? Why? I don't know who this is for tonight, but I. But you, you've got to make hearing from God the number one priority. He has daily bread, daily bread for everybody here. He has daily words that he wants to give you. Daily, daily encouragement, daily instructions, daily, every single day. Not just for the day, he's got, hey, every 15 minutes, every five minutes, every two minutes, what do you need? You know, I, I, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but, you know, a lot of times I, I hear this a lot from believers, and I'm just like, where's the scripture for that? You know, it's this idea that baby Christians somehow get more from God than mature believers, and I don't believe that. I don't believe that you outgrow your need to depend on God completely. Like somehow you, you grow up and you're like, hey, God, I got this. No. You grow in, you, what real spiritual growth is, is growing in your need for God. I need God as much or more today as I did any time in my walk with the Lord. Because there's always another level. There's always, you're always in over your head if you're following Jesus. You know, you're not going to have enough money to do what God's called you to do. You're not going to have enough wisdom to to do the things independently. You're not going to arrive somewhere where you can tell God, I got this. And so the other piece that I really felt like was important is that um, if you are hearing God, you know what? Pray in tongues. Pray in the spirit. And the, the, the Lord actually gave me the scripture tonight, which I, I've really never taught on it. I mean, I used to teach on it a lot when I would teach um, the gifts of the spirit class. Um, but I want to go to 1 Corinthians 14 for a moment. Um, and I'll just, I'm going to read a little bit here. It says, um, go after a life of love as, the, as if your life depended on it, because it does. Give yourselves to the, get, to the gifts God gives you. Uh, 
And it says, if you praise him in the private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does. For you are sharing intimacies just between you and him. Really like that. That's the message translation. It says, when you praise him in the private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does. For you are sharing intimacies just between you and him. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 14. I started in verse 1, and I just read through verse 3. So when you pray in the Spirit, when you speak in tongues, when you praise God in tongues, there is an intimate exchange that's going on. God understands what you're saying. This is, this is between just you and God. All right? And then, and then a little further down it says... Um, In verse, it's hard to tell in the, the, the message. It's somewhere between 20 and 25 because it's kind of lumps it in. But it says, so where does it get you all this speaking in tongues no one understands? Right? <laughs> uh, and then, it, oh, wait, that's not, I don't think that's where I want to read. It gets you into the supernatural. Absolutely. And, um, I, but there's a particular one. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry, verse 13. It says, so when you pray in your private prayer language, don't hoard the experience for yourself. Pray for insight and the ability to bring others into that intimacy. But it says, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind lies fallow. It says, I'm looking for this. One, let me go in a different translation. I'm looking for basically, it says, pray that you may interpret. So let me just go to the New King James Version because the message sometimes just doesn't say it the way. All right. So it's in verse 13. I was in the right place, but... Just the, that one translation wasn't reading well. So let me get there. Okay, in verse 13, this is the New King James Version. It says, Therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So I really felt like some of, there's some, I mean, like I said, this isn't a scripture that I teach on just kind of out of randomly like this. Uh, but I, I, f- I felt the Lord wooing you into this time of, of journaling, into this time of sitting with him to get instructions and to get clarity and to get direction. And um, praying in tongues and interpreting. I, I, I just saw that. I saw You're like, well, I've never done that before. Well, it's okay. You don't have to have... <laughs> Praying in tongues and interpreting flows from the same place that you're normally hearing God out of, right? It just connects you with words and a particular uh, uh, pointing towards God, give me the interpretation of what I've been praying. Now, I want to say this, an interpretation when you pray in tongues is not a translation, right? So it's not like you're, you know, an, an interpreter and you're, you know, in South America, and you're interpreting Spanish for someone into English, okay? So you're not interpreting tongues into English. That's not what it means when it says interpret, okay? It means that you're interpreting the meaning. You're interpreting uh, 
it's not necessarily a word for word deal. Right. And so, um, there is some things that God wants to tell you. There are some, there is wisdom that he has for you. And so he's wooing you into this place to hear him. And he's wanting to give you the answers that you seek and the direction that you need. Um, I mean, think about it. If you're supposed to follow the spirit, it seems kind of silly that you wouldn't get the instructions you need to follow. I mean, how could, how could the father say, you know, follow the spirit and then not give you the instructions? To, why, why would Holy Spirit not tell you then? This is, this is what, you know, this is what you have to follow, you know? And so you've got to expect that this is normal, that this is, it's abnormal not to live this way. This isn't the exception to the rule. You're not walking in the spirit and hearing from God once a week or in your little prayer closet for 15 minutes in the morning. No, no, you are called to walk in the spirit. It's not visit the spirit. It's not sit down and have a devotional with the spirit. Again, not that there's anything wrong with a devotion. Not, I'm telling you, sit down and journal. Not that, there's a, not that there's not a place for that. But this is a way of life. We are called to walk in the spirit. We are called to depend upon God. We are called to abide in the vine. And if you're not doing it, well, no wonder if things aren't going great. Because what's happening here is what I was describing in James. I mean, you're leaning on your own understanding. You know, and there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. So you're not leaning on your own understanding is going to get you human results. But God's calling you to a higher place where you are living according to divine reality, divine instructions. I mean, this is, you know, I've, I've, shared this before, but you know, my spiritual father who ordained me, Dr. Bill Winston, you know, he gets up and he prays in tongues an hour every single morning. Why? And you know, he, he tells you exactly why he does that. He says, this is not some kind of religious, I got to clock in the clock and get my hour in, you know, he says, no, no, I realize that I have a path in front of me that is a supernatural path. God has laid out a path before me. And Ephesians 2.10, you know, it says that we are God's handiwork, his, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus for good works, right? And it says that God, in there it says, in the Amplified Version, it talks about these paths that God prepared ahead of time, that we would walk in them and live the good life that he prearranged and made ready for us to live. And so Bill Winston just recognized God has paths for me to walk on. He prearranged and made ready a life for me. I have good works to accomplish. I'm a masterpiece and I've got good things that I have supernatural things that I'm supposed to accomplish. And I can't do this naturally. There is no way I'm going to fulfill my destiny naturally. And neither are you. It is a supernatural destiny. And so he just says, I get up in the morning and pray in tongues because I know when I pray in the spirit that it is, it is speaking over the seen realm. It is letting, allowing God to move and that my day is going to be supernatural because I've spent that time declaring and speaking out, right? You know, and again, I'm not suggesting that you pick up that habit, but I am, whatever it takes is what I'm suggesting that you do to stay connected to Holy Spirit. 
so that you, you know, how, how many of you have heard, I mean, even then in the natural, they, they have this, uh, I, you know, I'm writing my book right now and I have a, an amazing author's coach. And before every writing session, I have to identify what she calls your author feeling state. All right, now I want you to listen. I want her to hear this. <clears throat> so before every writing session, you have, to, you have to identify your author feeling state. And they make you scale it down. And I'm just going to share this about you, not, not about writing a book, about where are you in your Holy Spirit state, <laughs> right? If you're negative 10, right, this is a negative feeling state. I feel totally disconnected from God. I... Uh, you know, I feel, and, and honestly, I had to go through an exercise where I had to say, I had to identify a negative 10, a negative 5, a 0, a positive 5, and a positive 10. And it has to be, it, and it, it relates to a, what, what you call in writing flow. Are you in the flow? Right? Are you able to sit down and you're in the flow? Well, flow is, if you, if you go home and Google the word flow, flow is a phenomenon that the world recognizes, that there is a state of flow. Um, believers would even have, you know, a completely different level of this. It's the, anoint the anointing. It's where you're flowing in this place of revelation. You're flowing in this place where you're connected. I mean, there's a flow when you're in with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is normal Christianity. That's the way every day is supposed to look like for you. But if you never take the time to identify, I'm out of flow, you know, you just keep going out of flow and then you keep, and, and you're carnally minded at that point, right? So you're just kind of, you're just, you're just, you're just, you're just continuing. You never stop and say, wait a second, this is not how I'm supposed to feel, right? I have the fruit of the spirit. I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm supposed to be full of joy, peace. And I, I'm supposed to, you know, something is off and you have to, you have to stay like something is off. And you can't just continue in that place where something's off and not do anything about it. And I'm telling you that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. You have the ability to shift the atmosphere. You have the word of God. You have, the, you have praying in the spirit. You have the truth that reconnects you to the reality that, that you... Let me just say this. You have to believe that you can walk in the spirit 24-7. That is not impossible. That is not impossible for you. And if you haven't made that a goal, I mean, think about this. What if, you know, we have goals. We set goals every year, right? You know, it's New Year's, we set goals. But what if your goal for 2018 was to walk in the spirit every moment of every day? Holy cow. Who knows what the end of, where, where you would be at the end of 2018? Matter of fact, that's probably the only goal we need. Right? I mean, I know for me, I am manifesting a greater level of purpose. I'm manifesting a greater level in a lot of areas of my life. And I, I, I mean, and honestly, I, the journey that God's taken me on, it wasn't the one, he's not going to take you how you think you should go. He's going to take you the way that you're, you need to go. 
Because the journey is about growth. The journey is about knowing him. The journey is about learning who you are and coming to a place where your identity cannot be stolen from you. And so we want to just go some path when we aren't even established in who we are. And that the Holy Spirit is leading you into the manifestation of you. He is leading you into the manifestation of the fullness of Christ in you. And the only way to survive the trip, frankly, is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so the goal here is to stay connected. And it, it, I mean, we all, we all, I mean, I don't wake up like, oh my gosh, can you see the glory that's on me this morning? You know, no, we wake up, we're tired, we're cranky maybe. You know, I get up early with my kids. I always go to bed late. No, no, this is a choice. It's a choice. And it's just like sitting down to, to when I have to write and I have to like identify my, my author feeling state. We have got to, I take time every morning when I drop my kids off. I, I sit down, I have a cup of coffee and I do like this internal assessment of, and I'm telling you, most days it's not positive. I would love to tell you I start at a 10 every day. I don't. I probably start about a negative 5 every day. And I'm being honest. I do not wake up like, rise and shine, give God the glory, glory. No, I do not, I do not wake up like that. I wake up and say, where is the coffee? Right? I wake up like that, right? And and most days, like, tomorrow is a crazy day for me. I mean, if I'm not careful, I'll start dreading it today. You know, and it's not that when you get there, you really dread it. It's not that even it's ever that bad. It's an internal mental game that you are, you're, you're dealing with. It's a state of being. It's like taking your temperature and you take the thermometer out of your mouth and you say, oh, look, it's 96.8. I'm normal. Well, 96.8 for the believer is connected to God, is hearing the voice of God, is being led by the Spirit, and is going through their day accomplishing what the Holy Spirit is having you accomplish. No more, no less. A successful day is a day where you were led by the Spirit. Whew, that feels so good just to say that for some reason. You know, but just, you know, it's, it's taking a month. So, but, but what do you do when it's a negative five, right? Do you go back to bed and pull covers over your head? Do you, you know, what do you do when you start out at a negative five? You, you have a choice. You have a choice in that moment of what you're going to do. You know what? There's a lot of choices you can make to shift the atmosphere one way or another. And if, and it's, you know what, it, you know where, where it boils down to? It boils down to your thinking. It boils down to your thoughts. It boils down, because if you start going in the wrong direction, if you start meditating on how crappy it is to feel like a negative five and what's wrong with you and blah, blah, if you just start that. Now, what I do, I don't deny that I'm a negative five. I bring it to the Lord. I bring it to the Lord. And you know what? 
he has something that he can speak into that place right there. And a lot of times, I mean, last week, it might have been the week before, but this one hit me so hard. All right. And it, it, for me, this was, I just, I have no problem sharing, right? You know, I'm writing the book in my, uh, writing the chapter in my book right now that talks about supernatural mind renewal. And it's talking about just the, the brain, how we're designed to function. It's talking about, um, something called a trigger, which a lot of people don't even recognize actually exist, but it's this a trigger is when there's circumstances going on in your life that cause you to have an emotional response to it or a behavior that, that kicks in that you aren't really aware of what the underlying problem is, right? And I always give the example, this is a very simple example, um, that, you know, we do this, this is the example we give before we go into our prayer sessions with people uh, that there are, you know, arm our sessions, but it's the example of a guy riding in the car with his wife. And they're heading down the road, and they're late to an engagement. And she says, hey, honey, don't forget to turn left up at that red light up there. You know, and if this was a normal situation, you would think maybe the husband would say, well, thank you, sweetheart, for reminding me and giving me those directions. But instead, he freaks out. What? What do you mean? What do you think, I'm an idiot? I can't drive? I know. I see the light. What's your problem? What's your problem? Like, I, I don't, you, you want to drive? I'll pull over. You can drive. Maybe we'll get there on time if you want to drive. Now, I know that's probably never, I mean, if you're married, that's I'm sure nothing like that's ever happened. But let's say you're single. It doesn't happen to happen in the context of marriage. This is your boss saying the wrong things and or your friend saying the wrong thing or you being around someone that rubs you like sandpaper, right? You know what? Those emotional responses that you have, are, there's more going on than, for example, the husband really is offended because his wife wants to drive. No. When we take these people into these prayer sessions with this husband, for example, we get in the prayer session and the Holy Spirit brings up the fact that when he was six years old, his dad was teaching him how to ride a bike and said, you know what, when you get to the end of the driveway, make a left. Well, he gets down to the end of the driveway and he falls. And his dad says, what's wrong with you? You're never, ever going to learn how to ride a bike. Look, you bit the fender. Give me that bike. You're not even going to have that bike anymore. You're an idiot. I can't ever give you anything nice. You're never going to have anything nice because you always destroy it. Oh, wow. Well, now all of a sudden you start to connect the dots here and realize maybe the husband's response to his wife wasn't about his wife. Maybe it was actually about this unresolved thing going on in his heart with his dad. But the problem is it's subconscious. So he doesn't realize that that unresolved pain is affecting his relationship with the wife. Instead, he just blames the wife and thinks the problem really is that she's given him directions in the car. Now, why am I sharing that? I'm sharing that because this is part of the human condition. And if you do not realize that you have subconscious, you're, it, you have to get the book. <laughs> because basically... This is the way our brains are wired to work. We have emotional responses that are coming out of us to circumstances and situations in life that are bringing up unresolved things in our heart. So I'm sharing all that to say, this was me, okay? I had something that was coming. I was like, oh. And for me, it had to deal uh, with, yeah, this is something I've dealt with for a very long time. And so I'm aware of it when it happens. I, I know what's going on, but it doesn't change the fact that it's still going on internally. 
right? So one day I'm having my coffee, sitting with the Lord, and this is what's there. The point is having self-awareness that I'm a negative five and this is what's going on, okay? But at the same time, what am I going to do? Is this going to ruin my whole day? Am I going to have a spirit-filled day or spirit-led day? Or am I going to sit with this, it may be offense, whatever it is, depression, whatever, whatever this feeling is from whatever you've, whatever's going on, right, that, is, that you either think is the problem or there's a subconscious problem that you don't know what the problem is, you know. And for me, I'm sitting there with that and I, and I bring it to the Lord. The Lord knows that at that moment I'm a negative five. He knows my subconscious mind. He knows my circumstances. He knows every single thing about me. In Psalm 139, it says he knows our uprising and our downsitting. He knows our words before we're going to speak them. He knows our thoughts before we're going to think them. So there is not a thing. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows everything about us. So why wouldn't you sit down with him and let him give you some wisdom about, because we're not called to live in a negative five. Right? And he just gave me five words that morning. You can be who I created you to be. Sorry, eight words. I had to count them up. Now, that may not seem like that big of a thing. That may just seem like... You know, and it isn't necessarily a big thing unless God speaks it to you in the place that you're in at a negative five because he knows what the lie is. He knows what lie I'm believing that's causing the negative five even when I don't know the lie. I mean, I might have some self-awareness of what, you know, kind of what was going on internally, but I, I don't know. I just know this is how I'm, where I'm at. And so God knows how to speak truth right at that place. He knows how to bring wisdom. You know, and so when James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask, it's practical. It's not, you don't have to like ask for, I mean, it doesn't have to be practical either. I mean, you, you know what, if we just wanted to sit down and say, God, why don't you tell me, I mean, you could ask him anything. Like really, when's the last time we just asked him something outrageous? Like, can you give me an invention that would, I don't know, change the world or, I don't know, set me free to not have to ever work again so that I could serve you full time? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying you could ask him anything. But in those situations, I mean, we're just talking about being led by the Spirit. We're just talking about getting your day going and and operating in flow and staying in flow. And so I feel like that's probably where the Lord was even saying, you know, where it all started tonight when I said he's wooing you into these things. You know, there were two things I, I heard tonight. One is that it's already done. And sometimes we need to sit with God or we need to, he needs to remind us of this 25 times because we've been so programmed to look at things like we're still waiting on something, right? So it may just be him coming to you saying, see it done, see things the way I see it. I don't know what he's going to, I don't know what wisdom he's going to share with you. 
because I don't know what the inter- I don't know what's going on in your world right now. I don't know what's what's going on internally. I don't know what what tests and trials you particularly may be dealing with necessarily. But I know that God has wisdom. God has instructions. God has direction. God has peace. God has joy. He has, I'm going to read it again, my why. He is the inexhaustible source who supplies anything and everything you need to experience the fullness of who he is. He is the source, inexhaustible source, that supplies anything and everything so that you can experience the fullness of who he is. So he has it. He has what you need. He has the words that you need to hear. He has the comfort that you need to feel. He has the encounter that you need to see. So don't settle for a negative five. Don't settle for a a zero. Settle for no. Uh, You know, no. And, And I'll say this. Most of you have probably already had an instruction. Sometimes we're slow to obey it or we forget it. And then we think, oh, because time has passed, it's too late to do it. No, it's not too late to be obedient. It's not, it's, not, it's not too late to go back and hear God. And let me say this too, for people that, you know what, I thought I followed God and it didn't work out. You know what, I would do that a million times. I would not let the fact that I did it one time and it didn't work out mean anything. I mean, I've told the stories before about going to the mall with evangelism teams and doing like five words of knowledge and missing them all. I was talking about this one day and, you know, like, hey, do you play, you played a musical instrument. The guy's like, no. I'm like, oh, I thought you were someone else. You know, I mean, I just, the point is, if I would have stopped and said, I can't hear God, I can't operate in words of knowledge, you don't know the kind of breakthrough that would have not happened on that outreach. Instead, I said, oh, okay, I laughed it off, did the next one, did the next one, did the next one. By the sixth one, five in a row I miss. By the sixth one, something kicked in. Because why? The devil did not want me to keep pushing into that. He thought, I'll discourage them. I'll discourage them. I'll make her believe she can't hear God. I'll make her believe that she can't operate in the supernatural. Well, I've been too far down the road for him to, I mean, you'd think he would have learned, right? But he, five, five in a row. How many people would not, after three, would say, well, I guess this isn't my day. Let's just go get a hamburger, right? Walking up to strangers, taking a risk and saying, hey, do you have a sister named Sarah? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, wow, sorry, I thought you were someone else. That's how I always get out of it. You know, five in a row I miss. But number six, something kicked, the devil gave up because he said she's going to do 20. I don't know how many this girl's going to do, right? Devil gave up. Packed up his bags because he's not going to get me. I show up with number six. Man, that, that thing lifted off of me, and it was like I was in some kind of weird sci-fi Twilight Zone movie. I could look at anybody, and it's like I knew every single thing about them. I mean, I have never felt more like probably how Jesus felt 
when he would minister and he would, you know, it says he would perceive their thoughts. You know, he'd be ministering. I mean, I was in some zone that was crazy. I remember going into the food court and I mean, I could, I just sat, I mean, I could have literally gone to every single person in that food court. I mean, I talked to this military dude. I mean, it was just like reading his mail, reading his mail, reading his family's mail. I mean, I, it's like I knew everything about him. And I mean, people were freaked and I was so like high in the Holy Ghost. I mean, I was walking into shoe stores. Anybody sick in here? I mean, just out of my mind, out of my mind. And that place in the spirit would not have happened if I would have decided, oh, I guess I had here, I missed it. You guys got to grow up. I mean, I love everybody that's listening. I don't know who that's for on the podcast, but you got to grow up. And you got it. You cannot believe a lie of the devil that you can't hear God because, I mean, come on, because I did something and it didn't work out. Really? Okay, so maybe, maybe the enemy interfered. You won't even know if you stop hearing. Keep going and you'll get some clarity. Don't act like you've got to do it perfect. Who hears God perfectly? Don't you think God's bigger than you hearing him perfectly? And let's say you totally miss it. Well, there's scriptures to cover that too. What the enemy means for harm, God uses for good. How about that one? So even if it turns out bad, that actually means there's something good. The worse it turns out, the better it gets. The devil cannot win unless you are convinced somehow I don't know exactly. I, I mean, how can God lose? If God is for you, who can be against you? But we've been convinced somehow, somewhere, something that has made us, I don't know, whatever that is. Maybe we quit. Maybe we sit down and feel sorry for ourselves. Or maybe we feel confused. Or I mean, I was feeling overwhelmed. I mean, I, I'm just experiencing breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. You know, I personally am doing our rapid mind renewal sessions right now once a week because I'm, I'm just, you know, this last Friday, I didn't even think I needed one. I'm behind on my deadlines for my book. I was like, oh, I really should write, you know, but then I just, I, I thought, and I'm pretty sure it was Holy Spirit pretty sure it was Holy Spirit. He says, what is the priority of your life? You know, what is the priority of your life? That's a great question, isn't it? Let's all take that one from the Holy Spirit. What is the priority of your life? And I just said to me, wholeness. Wholeness is the priority of my life. Well, if wholeness is the priority of your life, Shalise, then maybe you should do the session and not worry about the book. Maybe you should trust me with time. So I did the session, and it was an incredible, thank God I did it. Because the, the, the revelation that came out of it is not just for me. The encounter I had, matter of fact, the Lord was just, it's just a powerful thing. It was a powerful thing that is about living in a place of peace. <clears throat> and it, about it being an internal atmosphere that you carry. And that it, you can't, it was incredible. It was an incredible encounter. Um, so my point is, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to my throat, water. God has some things he wants to say. 
I mean, I'm telling you right now, as much as I'm sitting here, God has some things to say. And he doesn't want to tell me to tell you. He wants you to hear it from the, from the, and he wants you to learn to be led by him. He wants you to learn to be led by him. And you can't learn that being led by something else. You can't learn that if I, but it, you can't, you've got to be led by him. Led by him, led by him, led by him. And you, let me tell you this, you can do it. You aren't the one person on the, the, the one Christian on the planet who gets a pass for being led by the spirit. It says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's a powerful promise. Walk in the spirit and you will not be controlled by the natural, fleshly, fallen realm. At tongues. And that's one, I guess I'm trying to say that that's, that's an arsenal in your, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Even though you might be carnal, even though you might, you might be carnally minded, you have weapons at that moment that are not carnal. Praying in the spirit, worship. Worship is a powerful weapon. I mean, <clears throat> I'm thinking about just the, one of the reasons I felt so overwhelmed is because everybody else is so overwhelmed that I'm the one in ministry. And so I don't just deal most weeks with my stuff. I'm dealing with people in all kinds of situations, life and death situations. And right, and, and, and you know, you've you got to figure out how to spend your time and what you focus on. And most of the time, I mean, in some of these situations, I have nothing to give. I am not, I am not Jesus. Okay, I don't have an answer. I, I mean, I haven't, you know, and most of us, because we aren't being spirit-led, somebody comes with a problem, we just hop in and, you know, we start praying. Whatever we do, trying to find God, and I've learned, thank God, the harder the problem, the more, the more impossible the situation, the more I need to hear from God, you know, and not make a move till I hear from God. And so... You know, somebody called me very urgently for some prayer this week. I didn't have a thing. I mean, I could have just started saying scriptures. I could have just started praying like that. But you know what? I said, no, we're just going to worship. I mean, we could have prayed in tongues. We could have, whatever. But I just, we're going to take a minute and we're just going to worship. And I mean, for 15 minutes, all I did was say, you know what, Jesus, you're amazing. You're awesome. You're high and lifted up. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the first, the last, the alpha and the omega. You are an amazing savior, an amazing deliverer. You are the, you are the, the, the captain of our salvation. I just began reminding, and I just worship you. I exalt you. I lift you on high. I just focus on your face right now. You hold the keys of hell. You hold the keys of death. You are worthy. You are the beautiful one. You are the desire of the nations. You know, and I, I thank God I have the word hidden in my heart where I can just begin to, you are the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. World, I just worship you in the beauty of your holiness right now. And I just glorify you. I magnify you. I just exalt you. You are high and lifted up. You are, you are the, you are the victor's crown. 
You are worthy to receive honor. You are worthy to receive uh, uh, power and glory. You are worthy right now. You are worthy. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Thank you that you were shed for me. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the power in your blood. Thank you for your name. Thank you that you have a name above every name, above every name, Jesus. You're so high and exalted. Just saying who Jesus is, just worshiping our Savior, worshiping. He's worthy, amen? And meanwhile, we've got this situation that, you know, I'm, I'm not, I forgot about the situation, but I don't have anything for the situation. Jesus has something for the situation. So I just worship you. I exalt you until a scripture fell into my hands, fell into my consciousness. And it was a simple scripture. Jesus, the scripture in Matthew 28 that says, all power and authority has been given unto me. And woo, that thing went off in me. And now I was praying from a place where Jesus was, t- first of all, the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, and it was a completely different, but, but I, that wasn't for me. Another situation this week. I didn't have anything. Somebody came up. I mean, next thing you know, I'm blowing, and they gave me it to me. And next thing you know, I'm just laughing. So it's okay not to know. You don't have to have answers. Who told you you have to have answers? Who told you you have to have wisdom? Who told you? I mean, matter of fact, James is here saying your wisdom is independence. Your wisdom is your idea. It's your opinion. It's a road that seems right to a man. That, that, that the end thereof is death. Who told you you have to have it together? Or that you have to know what the, you know, what, what the solution is or what the answer is? Amen? It's okay to be helpless. It's okay just that you're carnal. I'm a negative five. I'm in the, I'm in the flesh. Somebody's got a disaster. I don't know what to do. It's okay to worship. It's okay to, I mean, to pray in tongues. My point is, use the weapons that are not carnal. I mean, until you figure out how, and I'm not saying it's always the same, but you can't just continue to be walk through your days and your life asleep, asleep to the, to the spirit realm, asleep to the helper, asleep to the one who is with you. If he says he's a very, he- he- a very present help in the time of need, well, then he's a very present help in the time of need. And, you know, it's interesting. I just, as I was just sitting here, sitting here thinking about all the things I have to do tomorrow, you know, just a single thought entered in. I mean, I know I'm sitting here talking to you guys. I'm thinking about it. But I just was sitting for a minute. And it was like all of a sudden I started, I just had a picture of my day tomorrow. But then I feel like the Holy Spirit was just like, what if every day, and this was tomorrow. He's like, tomorrow's going to be a move of God. What if, what if every day is a move of God? But you're so asleep or you're so a negative five or whatever, you know, you're just not in the flow and you're missing life, true life. You're missing true life because every day it's never coming back. Today's, we're not getting today back. We're not going to get tomorrow back. We're not going to get Tuesday back. We're not going to get Wednesday back. 
living in that moment with the Holy Spirit and getting into the divine flow with him and whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit can make anything fun. I mean, we're talking, I mean, you know, these monks, Brother Lawrence, I mean, he would wash dishes meditating that his hand was Jesus. Just washing dishes, practicing the presence of God. Practicing the presence of God. And you don't have to feel it. You can use your imagination. You can say, God's with me. God's here. God's in me. I can reconnect. And you can trust that the Holy Spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit manifests Jesus to you. Um, And I just want to pray in spirit. Yo, guys, let's just pray in the spirit. Now just, you know, focus your spiritual eyes. And see what you see. Yeah, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many of you very often, um, very often when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me or begins to bring me back to a place where we're communicating, I kind of have like a, I mean, very often, it's probably because of just all the encounters I've had with this and just the call of God in my life to teach it and everything else, but almost instantaneously when I start to just turn, what we're doing, we're just turning our attention to God, right? We're just purposely starting to pray in tongues or we're purposely worshiping or we're purposely, we're just turning our attention. And that's, that's, that's the focus. That's that perception shift. You're just turning your, you know, your focus. When I do that, almost 90 something percent of the time, I will see, uh, Jesus's, uh, nail scars, in my hands and my feet. And that's always for me, Holy Spirit, reminding me who I am, reminding me that I am one with Christ, reminding me that Christ in me is the hope of glory, reminding me that I am not separated from God. And so from that, it's, I mean, it's almost instant, pretty much all the time. It's just something the Holy Spirit is a work that he has done in my life because it positions me. I mean, that, that's everything from, everything begins with your union with Christ. Right? You need to you need to see the Father. Well, get into Christ. You need to see the future. Get into Christ. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's it's a it's a jumping off place for me. Now, not that that's for you. My point is is that I'm not unique. I'm not. I mean, I'm unique, but I'm also not like I'm not special in the sense that God has does this for me, but He's not going to do that for you. Matter of fact, the fact that He does it for me gives you permission to expect it for you because he's not a respecter of people. And we're all in Christ. We are the body of Christ. We all are in Christ. And we all, and it, it doesn't have to be that. Maybe you, maybe you fly through heaven. I don't know what you do. I don't know what that thing for you is. 
And I, I'll, I'll say this. I, I had a another uh, guy I was just kind of talking with and stuff and couldn't hear God, couldn't hear God, couldn't hear God. Frustrated. I said, and this was last week. I said, well, you know, he was on Facebook. And I said, well, come Sunday night. Come Sunday night. And I said, and then I just kept, wrote a few more things. I said, when's the last time you heard God? When's the last encounter you had? When's the last journal entry you wrote? What is the last time you know or you sense I was hearing from God? Well, you know what? Go back there. Go back to that last. Every time you have an encounter with God, it is yours. You can go back to any of them. You can go back to any of them. And, you know, we have some emergers here tonight. If you're an emerge, go listen to an awakening. I mean, you have a thousand and one ways to connect with God, right? So, but go back to that place that you, the last time you were hearing and start, pick up that conversation. Go back into that encounter and see more of it. That's why it's so important that you do have a journal and that you do have a place that you write this stuff down. Because guess what? There's going to be a time you feel disconnected. There's nothing wrong. I'm not, I'm not condemning you for feeling disconnected. Like I said, I wake up most mornings, it's probably a negative five, right? It's, it, it's the question, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Because what, what, we are called to walk in the spirit. So today is about the wisdom that God wants to give you. There is, he has things he wants to talk with you about. And the second part of it is what do you do when you're in that place? And, and I'm giving you some thoughts, some pointers, some examples of what I do, but everybody's individual. So it, and I can't do it for you. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't develop your relationship with God for you. I can't walk in the spirit for you. Right? And now, this is one other thing. I feel like the Holy Spirit's bringing it back up to me because there were just few things that I felt like he had for tonight. The other thing was, is forgiveness is a lifestyle. And I think a lot of times we, I mean, life just dumps on you. People, things happen, right? Misunderstandings happen. People get offended. We get offended. You know, and I think a lot of times we are so disconnected with our offense and how we're offended. And if you're not offended with others, well, then you're probably offended with yourself or you might even be offended with God. And I'll tell you that offense is a hindrance. It carries a crappy atmosphere. And it carries a, it's hard to hear God when you're offended. And you may not even know you're offended. You know, but just clear that out. You know, ask Holy Spirit. I'll tell you what, that's an answer he'll give you. If you say, is there anybody I need to forgive? Oh, you'll hear God about that. Okay, so do you need to forgive him? Do you need to forgive yourself? What do you need to do? And it's very simple. I choose by an act of my will. You don't forgive because you feel like it. You feel so that you will feel, you, you forgive so that you will feel better. It, but, it, it, but a lot of times when you're in offense, you don't, feel, you don't want to be humble, right? You know what I mean? Like, I can't, you know, you don't, I don't want to be humble. I just want to be mad. I want to be right at that moment, you know? And, but even then, it, it doesn't matter. You just choose. You just, I choose by an act of my will to forgive. And then just say for, 
You know, I choose to forgive myself for. I choose to forgive Ray for. I choose to forgive my mom. I choose to forgive my sister. I choose to forgive my dad. Whatever. I choose to forgive my boss, my friend, whoever comes up. I forgive. And you might have to, you know, how, t- how many times do you forgive? 70 times 7. It's, it's a lifestyle. Forgiveness is not a one-time thing. You, you forgive because it's who you are. And you're forgiven. You forgive because you've been forgiven. As you've been forgiven, forgive others. You don't forgive to get forgiveness from God. You know, I know Jesus taught, you know, forget the Lord's prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. And, you know, there's scriptures that Jesus taught about that if you don't forgive, then you won't be forgiven and all of that. But the truth is the cross was the ultimate act of forgiveness. And every single person on the planet is forgiven. And because you're forgiven, you have no right to not forgive. Because the truth is, the person that you're offended with is forgiven. <laughs> forgiven by God. So. Hey, Amen. Get mad, speak in tongues. Hey, Amen. That's yeah. good. That's good. Amen. Amen. So we have weapons. Let's use them. And we have, you are connected. I just, I just want to break that idea off that you can't hear God or whatever. You, you, you can. A couple of things. Worship. Pray in spirit. Journal. Forgive. Uh, go back to your last encounter. Go back to that last place that you were hearing God and continue the conversation. Um, if you really need to hear God about something that's super intense or super important or super like life changing, maybe don't start with that. Maybe start with what do you want to say, Father? I'm going to let you lead the, the conversation, Holy Spirit. What do you want to talk about? Right? I'm just giving you some pointers. As someone who has been hearing from God for a very long time, is someone who has been following God to the best of my ability for a very long time, someone who wakes up as a negative five most days and not walk, you know, I'm not floating through my house in some spiritual bliss all the time, you know, and that I, that it, that I have, I, I choose to stay connected to God. I choose, I choose to pursue wholeness. I choose to remove the things in my heart that are hindering my relationship with God or my relationship with others or my relationship with myself. And, um, amen. Oh, worship. I mean, what you what works for you? Turn on some worship. Amen. It's just about making a choice. It's about, it's recognizing the state that you're in and choosing the path of life choosing at that moment, even if it's just Holy Spirit, help me. Help me choose the right thing. I mean, even if it's just help, even if it's just, I'm just recognizing this is where I am. I need help, right? And he'll, I told you that one day he said, let's dance. You know, I mean, he he has, he'll give you some suggestion. You may not even feel like doing it. You know, I mean, last thing you feel like doing if you're at a negative five is dancing or if you've got some big problem or something, right? His instruction, who knows what he's going to say. And then just don't doubt it. Just step out on a step, on a, on a step out in faith. So I personally, I mean, we're wrapping up here at 6.45 our time, 
you know, I always like to try to wrap up around, you know, seven or so, but I want to spend a little time here tonight before we go. Why don't we just hear from God a little bit? Why don't you stay here rather than rush out for a minute? Why don't you just take a few minutes and let's hear from God? We can, um, uh, and if you're listening to this by podcast, you know what? Don't just turn off the podcast and run out. Take a few minutes. Take Let's take a few minutes here to connect with God and just see what he might want to say. If you have, you know, a piece of paper, write it down. If you have got a phone, type it in there. Um, we're going to put on some, some, maybe just some soft music and um, encourage you to do that at home, set the atmosphere with that, and let's just hear from the Lord. And then we'll take a break here, and then maybe those that are here local, we can talk about the experience after we're done. So, Father, I just thank you right now that we're just we're just setting our hearts to hear from you. And um, I thank you, Lord, that you are going to speak tonight Just some things that we need to hear. And so we're listening. We're listening. We're listening. And I thank you, Father, that we have ears to hear, hearts to receive. If we need to forgive, you're going to start. We'll start there, Lord. If we're going to, if you want to show us a, a vision, internal vision, you can start there. If you want us to write something down, look at a scripture, you be the leader here, Holy Spirit. We're just, hey, we're just turning our attention to you. And I just break off right now, Father, just spirits of deafness, spirits of dullness here, Lord. In Jesus' name, I just break off every lie that says that uh, we are disconnected from God or somehow we can't hear God. Uh, And so, Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're going to right now begin to speak to every person here. I thank you for instruction, understanding, ministry of however we need to be ministered to tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.